I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm host Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. And with me today, my good friend Alex Sears. Alex, what's up? What's up? Uh, just some bad things happened last night for the It's awful. I mean, really, the worst thing was the Merlin's fall and hit his head i mean it was just it was really scary and i think it is still really scary for him and for the team uh i think that's obviously the very worst thing that happened uh he's being held overnight at the ou med center by the time you're listening to this you may already have an update but we don't have one yet uh yeah that that was brutal like i i know a lot of people wouldn't agree with this but i would rather watch like 10 broken leg plays instead of that play because at least I know with a broken leg, like they're going to be able to fix it. Yes. And with concussions, you just have no idea. Yeah. Like we don't know how bad it could be. I mean, there's been plays in the NFL where it didn't look like anything and a guy's been out for a really long time. And there's been plays that looked really bad like last night's and they've been fine. Mm-hmm. You just have no idea. But also I'm sure anyone who's ever played basketball has hit their head on the floor. Probably not that hard. Yeah. And it's such a terrible feeling. Mm hmm. And it was just awful to watch. I felt so bad for Nerlens. Yeah, it's it's scary. I mean, you, you hear Russell yelling at him to keep his eyes open. You you have uh, he and you know Russ and Ferguson were praying on the court. I mean, it's just like a very kind of just shocking moment. So um, just hopefully he's okay. And really, that uh, you know Antonio Daniel said this on the broadcast, like up. Uh, the loss is whatever like teams lose games but like Nerlens's health is like this is a real thing that could be in jeopardy so uh just help and pray that that dude is okay uh now that we we can talk about the stupid game now <laughs> andrew i want i'm gonna give you four types of losses and i want you to rank them okay in in which ones you hate the most okay, okay. Mm-hmm. so a close loss to a mediocre or bad team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Blowout loss to a mediocre or bad team. Close loss to a good team. Blowout loss to a good team. How do you rank those as a fan? Which are most frustrating for you? Probably a blowout loss to a mediocre or bad team. Like so like the, the Wizards was worse for you. The Wizards. Yeah, because it was you didn't even give yourself a chance to beat the Wizards. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> That was that was terrible. Last night was is definitely number two. Losing to good teams in either fashion is fine. See, last night is worse for me somehow. I I get so because I'm so angry at the end of those games. Whereas at the end of the Wizards games, I was angry like two hours previously. And you then, already knew. Yeah, I kind of gave up. Yeah. I kind of moved on by the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of frustrating things about it. I think that the game to me 
it all comes down to the fact that Thunder aren't playing like the Thunder. They haven't been the past two games. And I don't know if it was they played really well in Portland and they, you know, thought they've kind of quote unquote made it and then they let down because they did because this is not how the Thunder play. And you just look at a, a few stats that just tell the story. You know, the, the Timberwolves only turned the ball over 10 times. The Wizards only turned it over nine. Like that's you. You cannot lose the turnover battle. The Thunder turned it over 16 times last night. You can't lose the turnover battle if you're the Thunder. You just can't. And if you're going to lose it, you can't lose it by six. And then the rebounding, too. I mean, the Thunder had more defensive rebounds, and I think they had one more rebound, but 15 offensive rebounds for the Timberwolves is unacceptable. Yeah, and both of those things, those are the Thunder identity this year. You know, like getting turnovers getting into the fast break and then also getting offensive rebounds or def- defensive rebounds. That's been what this team's identity has been for the last couple seasons. It feels like. Right. And so that made it extra frustrating. Um, and then plus, I, I don't know if it's something about the wolves. So some, some reason the wolves, especially Wiggins in particular, just blowing up is even more frustrating. Like if Towns had scored 50, I would have been just like, oh, wow, congratulations, Carl Towns. What a great game. <laughs> For some reason, it's way more annoying when Wiggins is doing it. Yeah, and Wiggins just plays well against the Thunder for whatever reason. They can't guard him. And I think it, I think one reason that it's really frustrating is that outside of these games that he plays against the Thunder, all you hear about is how disappointing he is and how bad he is. And then he comes to Oklahoma City and he just kills us every time. He he must just love playing in OKC. Like He just right. must really get excited when he sees OKC on the schedule and gets to come and play here. Because uh, he, he had 40 points last night, four assists, which is weird for him, uh, 10 boards, a block and a steal. He only turned the ball over one time. And the, probably the biggest stat and something else that kind of swung the game for them was he was 16 for 18 at the free throw line. Yeah. And he shot double the amount of free throws that Russell and Paul George shot. Double. Yeah. They shot nine. He shot 18. That just should not happen. That should not happen. You know, I know Russell, everybody's like, well, he wants he's avoiding going to the free throw line. Like, I don't know that he's really doing that. I just think that he's, he, he had a, I thought Russell actually had a really nice fourth quarter. He had those bad shots at the end, like whatever, like you, you put yourself in that position. You're not always going to get what you want at the end of a game. Like that's, they, they want to take away Paul George. And sometimes you get stuck with Russell. But I thought that he was really good in the fourth quarter. I thought that his execution, uh, getting the ball to Steven Adams, uh, I thought he was really good getting in the lane and attacking the defense and then getting wide open dunks for Adams. That happened a couple times. He shot the ball well in the fourth quarter. He hit that big three that was just so Russell after they got... It's funny. It was a jump ball between Dennis Schroeder and Carl Towns, and somehow the Thunder ended up with the ball, and Russell shoots a three and makes it, and that puts him up by one, and uh, the crowd went crazy. Uh, and that was super fun. That was It felt very like 2016-17, Russell Westbrook. Um, but I thought he played well. I thought Paul George missed some big-time opportunities in the fourth quarter, some wide-open threes that Russell um, got for him. I thought that he... He deserves some blame too, but it's just with the timing of it, it's easier to blame Russell 
Uh, well, I think it's see, so for me, it's about process over results because with if I was going to blame Paul George, that would imply that I didn't want him taking those shots in the first place. But he's a 38 percent three point shooter. I want him mm-hmm. taking that shot every time when he misses it. You just shrug. It's like whatever. Like that was an incredible shot. Like you take that opportunity every time with Russ. What bothered me was that, you know, obviously that wasn't the play, the very last play. They they ran a pick and roll and you have to give credit to the Wolves because whatever the Thunder were trying to do, they weren't able to do it. And yeah. so Russ has to back out to the corner. But at that point, there's about eight seconds left. He's got a seven footer in front of him. He can do other stuff like, you know, I was talking to a guy on Twitter and he was saying, you know, nobody ran over. And that's true. But also, like, it's not like Russell was trapped in the corner. He, he had a big seven footer in front of him. And instead of trying to make another play with eight seconds left, he decided to shoot another three over that seven footer, like a contested three over a seven footer. And so that's where it was an issue for me. It's process over results because I, I don't want to sound like a Westbrook hater, Andrew. But he is having he's on pace for the worst three point shooting season by volume in the history of the sport, in the history of the sport. Yeah, I think the the issue is that he has a past history of hitting big time threes and big time shots. Oh, for sure. He's career. earned it. And so I don't I I I'm, I agree with you. It's, I'm not like out here saying that Billy Donovan should be running, should, should be calling out plays for Russell to get threes. I don't think that. I don't think this is where they lost the game either. I think that they were gifted that possession, you know, at the end. They should, you should beat the Timberwolves when they're missing all these players. Jeff Teagues throws out, you, you should beat the Timberwolves at home. I think it's more of an issue of the defense and the rebounding that put them in that position. Um, but I, I just at this point in his career, I know that we can look at all the numbers from this season, and it's not good. It doesn't look good. He should have better shot discretion than that. But he, it's hard to turn things off that have been something that you've done your entire career. And it, honestly, if you told me that by the end of the season he'd be shooting like even twenty nine percent from three. Mm-hmm. I would be more comfortable with it because I know that, okay, well, eventually the math's going to win out. If he's going to end up shooting 29%, that means he's going to have to have some hot games. Mm-hmm. But we just haven't really seen it this year. And I don't know. If I knew it was coming, I would feel better about it. But every time I see one of those threes at the end, I just it just they hurt me more and more every I, time. I get it because it's, <laughs> it's been frustrating. But, uh, but to me, I'm more frustrated with just the fact that they – didn't bring the thunder identity at all last night there's a there's a couple other things that are frustrating to me i thought dennis Schroeder just hasn't been good for like feels like three weeks and this is what one thing i haven't really i think billy's done a great job this year for the most part but i really thought terrence ferguson should have played at the end of that game and i know that they want that the idea is we're going to consistently play these lineups with Schroeder and Westbrook at the end of games because that's how we're going to close. That's how we're going to approach the the playoffs. And we need these guys to be good and to see as many situations as possible. Totally get it. I just think that Terrence Ferguson is becoming good enough to where that he it comes into question whether it should be him out there or Schroeder because the drop-off defensively is massive. 
And when he's shooting like he was last night, he was four or four from three, five of eight overall. He had 14 points on eight shots. I mean, I just think the the guy's going to need a chance and deserves more minutes. He deserves more than 25 minutes. I mean, he was had the least minutes of of all the starters by almost 10 minutes. Like he's he was better than Jeremy last night. He played really well. I think that he deserves a chance um, out there. Uh, but I I get it. He's a 20 year old second year player. You have this veteran guard shooter that has been overall better over, over the course of the season uh, than Ferguson. But I just think that there's got to be some times where you have some flexibility within that. Yeah, and it, I also think you know if their clutch time stats were really amazing then you say oh you just stick with Schroeder but it's not like they've been good in the clutch you know now they're they're now after last night's game eight and 13 in games that are within five points in the last five minutes Mm -hmm. and it's just that matches the eye test to me yeah it does (laughs) actually that seems more up that's probably more optimistic than i would have put it at because it feels like they've won like two games you know it's surprising i was just looking at it and it because they're right there. I think the Pelicans have the exact same, or they're 7 and 15 in the clutch. But their net rating, the Thunder's net rating is positive. It's a positive 0.9, whereas the Pelicans is a negative 19. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so it's not all bad. Like, yeah. But it feels, but it feels like every clutch time game is is purely fifty fifty. Like they do not have an edge in those games, and you're just trying to wait to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I mean, teams are covering Paul George better at the end of games. And that's a lot of what it comes down to, to me. Uh, but again, Paul, I thought Paul got some great shots off in the fourth quarter that that Russell got. They they ran the exact same play they ran at the end of the Brooklyn game, and Paul just missed it wide open. Yeah, it was amazing how perfect that play worked again. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was just a great play. I hope they, I'm assuming they'll just continue running that until it stops working. Um, I think teams are doing a better job of covering Paul George overall um, down the stretch of games. And also, I think Steven Adams was really good last night, too. I thought that he played a really nice game. He had 20 points and 12 boards. Uh, Russell was finding him, but not only was Russell finding him, I thought that Steven was doing a really good job of using his feet to find open dunks afterwards because they weren't all just like these wide open right under the basket plays i thought that he he's just gotten a lot better at maneuvering around the paint um to get easy baskets so i thought that he was awesome last night um yeah he he was especially i really noticed him in that first half he he just seemed more active i don't know if he gets up for games against towns more than other games Mm -hmm. um but he just seemed like he was locked in at the beginning yeah his stat line is better than towns which is a rarity you know when you look at the box score, it's right. kind of strange to see that Steven had a better style than he did. But uh, Towns was in foul trouble for, for most of the game. Only played 24 minutes last night because of it, uh, which was another favorable thing to go in the Thunder's way. I mean, the Thunder just really blew it. Uh, your guy, Anthony Tolliver, had 10 points last night. He was great. Where all my Tolliver heads at? I didn't want to tweet anything out since uh, I'm trying to be absolutely pro Patrick Patterson at this point. (laughs) So I I didn't tweet out anything, but I was thinking it. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, he was pretty good. He did airball a three, though. 
Just, ah. <laughs> it's part of the game. Part of the game. <laughs> no, but I thought I thought that he he was good. The, really, the bench for the Wolves was also a, a huge boost for them. They had thirty seven points off the bench. Uh, yeah, and we, we haven't even mentioned it, but this was their coach's first game. Yeah. And I do feel like this always happens. Like the yeah. game after the embattled coach is fired, the team always comes out and plays well. Yeah. So And a team that know. already plays well in Oklahoma City anyways. And right. Yeah. It's like double power. He's like I think he's thirty two. I think he's our age. He looks super young and I couldn't figure out which side of his head his part was on. I feel like he <laughs> parted both sides of his head somehow. <laughs> couldn't figure it out oh man he had a nice suit on though yeah he did he did uh it's kind of cool to have flip saunders son come in and and win his first game i know the the wolves are super pumped about it i mean that's kind of a cool moment for them but um anyways i think that the thunder just have to get back to to the way that they play the game so that they're going to have a high level of intensity on the defensive end they're going to rebound well and they just need to have more shots than the other team like that's just a a simple fact that the Timberwolves had five more shots than the Thunder last night and the Thunder offense is not good enough to overcome something like that they're just not and so right they can't continue and this happened with the Wizards I think the Wizards had double digit more shots than the Thunder did and the Timberwolves had five more they can't win games I don't care who you're playing they could be playing the Bobcats from 2012. And if the Bobcats shoot more than they do, they're probably going to lose. Like they just, it's not a, they did not put themselves in position to win that game last night. And they could have won it. Like that Russell three goes down thunder win. Uh, they, they win in a way that they are, haven't been winning the rest of the season. Like this is not how they win games. This is not how they have been winning games is with offensive firepower. Like the thunder aren't going to win games like that. They're just not good enough. They need to win the game on the boards. They need to win the game in the turnover battle. Uh, and they need to get more shots up than the other than the other team by getting steals and offensive rebounds. And if they can't do that, they're going to lose. Like, that's just the nature of this team. They may win some, other, some games by luck or by hot shooting from Paul or something like that. Um... But yeah, it's they. It's not a sustainable way to try to win games. So hopefully they get back on track because they're playing the hottest team in the NBA on Thursday night and on Saturday night uh, in the San Antonio Spurs. Can I give you a few more rust stats? Sure. So these are just, you know, this has just been a very confusing Westbrook season. And just two more stats to highlight that. So in terms of the percentage of his field goals, he's shooting right at the rim. He's shooting a really high percentage. It's 37.8% of his shots are within zero to three feet, Mm -hmm. which is the highest since his second year in the league. And furthermore, he's shooting 64.4% on those shots, which is the highest in his career, the best in his career. Despite that, he is is taking the fewest free throw attempts per 36 minutes since his second season. Mm -hmm. And I just don't these are like some of the things that are happening this year with Westbrook that I just don't get. Like, I don't understand. I, I realize that once he gets to the free throw line, it's not going well, but do you have any idea why his attempts are down, even though he is getting to the rim? I don't, I don't, and neither do I. I, I don't know. He's, he's getting blocked a lot more. I don't know. I don't know if I can pull up that stat quick enough, 
But I feel like Schroeder gets blocked all the time. That dude gets, he does. He gets blocked <laughs> all the time. And Schroeder being, not being good is a huge thing for this team too. Cause he, he just, he needs to be better. He is supposed to be the fourth best player on this team, but he hasn't been anything, anything close to that recently. Uh, he, he needs to, he's going to come out of this funk at some point, but he, he needs to do it soon because the thunder, they're going to drop some games if he can't be good. Because uh, they just don't—they don't have enough offense. They don't have enough offensive firepower to to keep up with really any team in the NBA. If you don't get much production off the bench, so he's he's just got to be better because he's going to take possessions. Uh, I don't think he shot the ball that many times last night, but he's going to take possessions for this team, and they can—you cannot waste a ton of possessions. Yeah, he only took eight shots last night. Like that's fine. Um, but there's nights where he's taking 14 and he's missing 10 of them. Like the, the Thunder just can't afford that. They cannot afford bad possessions um, like that from Schroeder. They need him to be better. They need the be- They need more production from their bench. And I think they just, they frankly, they miss Alex Abrinas. I think that he helps not only just in the, the fact that he can shoot it and he can score points, but the fact that he provides real spacing that this team is desperate for. Well, at least, at least he tweeted last night. He did tweet last night. He's back with the team. Uh, still no indication of what's been going on. Uh, every time we ask Billy or anybody else, nobody really says anything. So, I think it's a good sign, though, that he's watching the games. Yeah. And he's still engaged. I mean, at least we know that this isn't like he, he's mad at the team or there's like something between the team and player. So right. that that's good. Yeah, that is good. Hopefully he's back with the team soon. Hopefully he can be back Thursday. Because, I, I mean, Nader had a nice little run there. I just don't know if he's can sustainably be a 10 to 15 minute guy every night for this team. And, and teams don't guard him. And that's a problem. I think that that, and McKelly mentioned this, I think that that hurts Schroeder's game quite a bit. Whenever you you don't have any spacing when he's a, he's a guard that tries to get into the paint and score. If there's no spacing, if they can just pack the paint, I think that it impacts his game quite a bit. So it'd be nice to have him back. Uh, but overall the thunder just need to get back to playing good defense or rebounding the basketball. And without Noel, who probably at best won't play for a week, um, I don't want to speculate on that anymore, but without Nerlens, I mean, their their big rotation is really limited, uh, and they don't have a lot of good rebounders outside of Steven Adams and Russell Westbrook. Paul George has, has been good. He had nine boards last night. He's got to step up a little bit, and Jeremy Grant being a weak rebounder hurts this team in a lot of ways, uh, hurts their rebounding in a lot of ways, so that they need to find ways to, to get rebounds. And then there's really not a good rebounder on the bench. Like Patterson's not a very good rebounder. Uh, Nader's not Schroeder's not maybe Diallo is good just cause he's a crazy athlete, but they don't have like another big guy to come in and replace mm. those minutes. So it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. I would guess that Patterson's just going to play more, which is not the answer that a lot of Thunder fans want, believe it or not. <laughs> I, f- I feel like you're uh, leading into a news story, though, talking about the need for rebounding. Am I? Yeah. Well, from what you told me. 
right is before the, we started. Well, you know what else people might need before we talk about that? <laughs> uh, the mule. The go, to go to the mule here in, in downtown OKC in the Plaza District at 16th and Blackwell there. Uh, it's a gourmet grilled cheese restaurant. Uh, we've had some nice weather, but on these cold days in January, it's just perfect to go get yourself a grilled cheese sandwich and tomato soup. There's just nothing better. And they have the best. I mean, you, I'm sure you make it at home great, but I'm telling you, you cannot beat this. It is, it's one of my favorite restaurants in the city easily. Their food is spectacular. It's all very creative. It's fresh. Uh, it's so good. You get their fried cheese curds as an appetizer. Uh, always get those. They're so good. Uh, also, they have a good drink menu. They have a lot of good local beers there. They have a really great bar. They have TV. So if you're looking for a place to watch the Thunder game on Thursday night, go hit up the Mule, get some great food, uh, get a good beverage, and support the people that support Down to Dunk. Go to the Mule. So Ken Berger had this story yesterday about Kevin Love, uh, which is kind of interesting that there's a chance that he is traded relatively soon. I think I'm trying to remember the, the date, January 15th, I think is the day that he can officially be traded, which would be next week. Uh, he thinks that something could happen quickly. And he mentioned two teams that other executives had mentioned to him that might be interested. Uh, one of them's the Houston Rockets and another one is the Oklahoma City Thunder that might be interested in trading for Kevin Love. Uh, Alex, what are your initial thoughts on adding Kevin Love? And then we can get to talking about like specific trades and what does and doesn't make sense. I mean, that was like a dream of mine for many, many seasons. Because uh, I, I, loved, I loved Kevin Love when he was back on the T-Wolves. Um, Cavs version of Kevin Love was fine, but then mm-hmm. he started getting injured and now he has this huge contract, but I always loved the idea of him and Westbrook teaming up because, because we know that they were familiar with each other back at UCLA. Mm-hmm. They were friends. I mean, he'd, he'd fill a lot of needs offensively, obviously. I mean, he would help with those defensive rebounds. He's a good three point shooter. He doesn't really need the ball, especially after being <laughs> playing with LeBron for that long. Right. He's been conditioned to not have yeah. the ball because he <laughs> he's been trained pretty well. Uh, yeah. and defensively, you know, he is not as bad as maybe we once thought he was, but he's still definitely a negative. Um, so no I, I, I don't know. It's more of the contract that I get because that I mean, you're locking yourself in for a really long time. I don't even know what the trade would be. I'm guessing you have to trade Schroeder just to make the money work. Yeah, I think that there's ways to not trade Schroeder. But I mean, here's the thing. You have to go to Kevin Love and say, hey, man, do you want to come off the bench? Right. Really? Yeah. <sighs> Because here's the thing. Here's the deal for me is that Kevin Love is more of a step toward the mellow thunder than it is toward this version of the thunder. He doesn't quite fit the culture. He doesn't quite fit what they want. He doesn't fit toward the idea of what they're going for, which is crazy athletes that are going to make this team the best defensive team it can be. And they're going to out athlete you that's none of that 
is a part of Kevin Love's game. None of it. But I do think that you're right. His shooting. So if you could put him and Paul George and Terrence Ferguson out on the court, like that's spacing that the Thunder have never had before. And I know Jeremy's shooting the ball well, but the respect level that Kevin Love would get and the respect level that Jeremy Grant gets on the three-point line, completely different planets. I mean, there's just there's no way to compare it. Uh, and then the rebounding thing is is real too. I, I but I I just think that this Thunder team might be better off overall to have Jeremy Grant developing and playing as the starting power forward because I just don't like is Kevin Love a full time power forward anymore. Uh, you mean like he would be playing backup center as he'd, well? He'd just be playing like the backup big minutes. Like he, like Patrick Patterson, like he'd probably be included in the trade anyways, but like his, his minutes are all gone, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, well, probably four... going to be here for beyond another, beyond the end of the season anyways. Um, he, he, like the, basically the big man rotation is, uh, Steve, Jeremy, and then it would be Kevin Love. Man, four years, one hundred and twenty million after this season. Yeah, not including. Yeah, this you season. never want to trade for a guy who, if he was a free agent, like right now, he wouldn't get that. Um, like even next summer, even if he didn't get hurt, I don't think he would have gotten that big of a deal. Um, I feel like that was just a random Cavs thing. And it's the years, like twenty four million's a lot, but it's not like oh my gosh, this is crazy. Like it's not, it's not a crazy amount. Um, I just, I don't know that the Thunder will be willing to pay that moving forward. I do. It probably you probably do have to include Schroeder, and you could keep a lot of your role players. Like, what if it was Schroeder and Andre Robertson? Yeah. What if? Uh. Man, so a lot more Ray, a lot more Ray. But you could, I mean, Kevin Love is is a more of a facilitator than That's true. even Ray Felton is. Yeah, <clears throat> I just looking at those years. I mean, if it's their money, I don't care. I w- I just wish we could rent him. Can we just rent him? I wish he had. While? I wish he had two years left. Yeah, I really just want to see it. I just want to try it out. <laughs> I don't I don't really want to commit to four years. It's a long time for a guy that has an injury history, for a guy that's making that much money. It's the years. I, I don't think that... I think that Houston would for sure be interested. I think that they... If they had a chance to do it, I think that they would. Is, is that smart, though? I don't... I don't know, but I'm just saying like they have a, a, a more clearly defined window than the Thunder do with Chris Paul and his injury history and his contract. You know, I mean, that's I, I just think that that team is, is a closer. We have to go all in right now than the Thunder, especially with the way that their their rosters constructed in the way. And I know they're they're playing well, playing really well lately. They're one of the hottest teams in the NBA, but I just I don't that team in the playoffs is not quite as scary. Yeah, I mean I, I for the Rockets, I definitely think getting Kevin Love is much more likely than when they were going after Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Um because Jimmy Butler's a better player, but mm-hmm. also the Timberwolves weren't really interested in picks whereas the Cavs would be. And yeah. so maybe you could get away with that Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris and picks deal. 
Yeah, that's what, I was, that's what I was thinking, is that it's a, please take Kevin Love's contract off our books, is really what it is to me. Yeah. It's a, if you can give us an asset, cool. If not, just please, this number is too much. Like, I just don't, he, he's not a part of the future of the Cavaliers. I mean, okay, so if you're the Thunder, and I don't, I don't think this gets you quite there. But if you did Robertson, Abrinas, Patterson, and Diallo, so you keep Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> that team is so expensive, and you still have to fill out because what you just lost. You have to fill three spots now. I mean, Robertson's not playing. Patterson, no. you're taking his minutes, so you're really just filling. You'd have to fill one spot which is the spot of Alex Abrinas, which is already kind of being filled by Abdul Nader anyways. Yeah. And you're, and you're bringing it like to, to me, that's not the issue because you're bringing in a, as long as he's healthy, a highly productive NBA player. Like you're getting production that you don't have anywhere close to that going on. A guy that can really score. He can really rebound. He can pass it. Uh, I don't, I don't think I can do it. I, I can't do it because of the money. The, the the money combined with the years combined with the injury history he hasn't played more than 60 games in three seasons now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just and, and like this is what we've been talking about for years now. Like, what do you do with that guy in the playoffs? Like mm-hmm. in this era where where other teams are smart enough to target those people every single time down the court. What do you do then? Do you just not play him? Is it can't play Cantor? Like, why? So yeah. I, I don't even he's know if we should be Can- trying. He's not as bad as Cantor. Uh, he's not, and he's not as bad as Mello defensively. No. Like, he does try. He does know what he's supposed to do. Yeah. But are you – here's the question. Are you willing to play him at center in closing lineups? That's the question to me because he's not going to play. Like if you're gonna, if he's going to close games, it's not a power forward uh, in place of Steve. That's what I'm saying. Like I just I say I would even rather play Jeremy at at center right. in closing games than Kevin Love because of the defensive liability. And we saw last season with Mello, like your only your defense is only as good as your weakest link, and. Because teams now in the modern NBA, they will get whatever matchup they want. The Utah Jazz and rookie Donovan Mitchell got whatever matchup they wanted. And it was mellow every time. And I think it would be Kevin Love every time. And there's going to be guards out there that are just going to absolutely cook Kevin Love. And, and so then, and so then, the question is: Is the offense so much better? Which maybe it is because, it like be. you said, we've never seen that many shooters around Russell Westbrook. Is it enough to cover those deficiencies? It might, and it might be. The answer is maybe. Hmm. Really, it all it all comes down to the Thunder ownership group. Would they even have a conversation about it? Because it is years and dollars and because he's under contract beyond what Paul George is. And yeah, that's true. And are you wanting, do you want to pay him for that long? And it's, and and like you said, I I don't care. Like if there's something the Thunder want to do and that they can, you know, have a conversation with Kevin Love, say, Hey, listen, there's situations where you're just not going to play. 
like fine. Like I don't care what you're paying. I don't care your your what your luxury tax is. I really I just I don't care. But if if you know, I understand why you wouldn't though. Like I can see the side where it's like yeah, he's he's it's not like he's young. It's it's I mean, this is his probably his last big contract. And usually when stars are on their last big contract, uh, it's usually not a great deal. Toward the end, it's usually not a great deal. And, you know, he's he's not a big enough of like a star to, you know, sell tickets or something where you could like trade him off at the end. Um, but he's 30. I mean, you're going to when he's 35. I mean, his he he's still be playing on this same contract at thirty five, and that's that to me is it's kind of it's kind of scary. But again, if the owners are willing to do it. Like, who gives a rip? Like, if you're <laughs> if you're a Thunder fan, like this, it probably ends up giving them a better chance. Um, but when he's thirty five, he'll be getting twenty eight point nine million dollars. His kind of a weird contract. So it's twenty four this season. Bumps up to 28 next year, up to 31 um, in 21, 20, and through 2020 through 2022, he gets paid 31 million for both those seasons. And then his last season, it goes back down to 28, uh, which is very, a very strange contract. But that's a lot of money to be paying a 30, 28, 28.9 million dollars is a lot of money to pay a 35 year old Kevin Love and maybe he's still good because I mean and it all comes down to injuries probably because he's probably going to still be able to shoot it at that point in his career um but yeah it's 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 at least interesting it's a conversation to be had but you know it's I mean if you're the Thunder like that last trade package that I suggested like that's just a hey Cleveland you want to save some money and have Hamadou Diallo I mean, like that's right. it, and maybe you don't do. Maybe Cleveland can't do better than that. I mean, there's a good chance that they can't, because I, I mean, I can't imagine a lot of other teams that would be willing to take on his contract and make him like a one of the focal points of the team. Like, I just don't, I don't see that team. And maybe someone will emerge, or maybe he just stays on the Cavs. I don't know. Uh, but what kind of Ken Berger's point was, it's going to take a, a team that believes they're a contender that is willing to take a risk. And the Thunder have been willing to take risks in the past to try to win. And maybe the Thunder do think it's a win now time. And, you know, if all you're giving up is Hamadou Diallo and the deal, I mean, that might be worth it for the, because Kevin Love does provide things that this team doesn't have. They're, they've struggled in the defensive rebounds while he's one of the best in the NBA. Uh, they struggle shooting the ball while he's also one of the best in the NBA at his position. So maybe it's a risk you're willing to take for that. Um, but the future of the contract and stuff is, it, it is a little, it would be a little baffling to, for an Oklahoma city team that doesn't even have a Jersey sponsor to be able to take on that kind of money. <laughs> Wow, that was a random, random dig. I just think, I mean, that's, it's, it's funny to me. They're spending so much money and they're the last team that doesn't have a Jersey sponsor. Like, well, I just don't understand why they don't go get some, go get some more money, man. Like I'm sure there's Andy, Andy's frozen custard needs to reach out. That would be awesome. 
<laughs> that would be really awesome. Uh, I just, I don't know. They're, it's their money at the end of the day. I don't care about contracts and what they're willing. If they're willing to pay it, I don't care. But I just, I don't know that the Thunder would be. It's, it seems it seems unreasonable, like an unreasonable amount of money and an unreasonable amount of years to take that on. Uh, again, if it was two years, then I'd be all for it. If it was two years where he's getting paid 24 and then 28 million, like you can, you can deal with that. Uh, but I, I just don't know what a 35 year old Kevin Love looks like. I just, it, he may just not play. And can you afford to have that much money on your cap at, you know, in, in five years? Like, I just don't, I think the answer is probably no, because who knows what this team looks like at that point in time. All I know is if the Rockets traded for him, I would be laughing, thinking that they tied James Harden's, James Harden's peak to two perennially injured mm-hmm. veterans. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely have that in our arsenal if that happens. And then if he gets traded to the Thunder, we'll be so happy for the spacing and rebounding. Oh, it's the reunion of Russ and Love. <laughs> oh, UCLA. Yay. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting because he... He's one of the only guys I feel like at the trade deadline though that has the potential to really help a team that's good, could, could be moved. Because I don't know who else it is. I think the trade deadline is going to. It feels like it's going to be relatively dead. Like I just don't know who who's being rumored to be traded at this point. There's too many good teams. There's too many teams trying to fight for playoff positioning, and the bad teams don't really have anybody. You know, Cleveland's probably one of the only bad teams that has players that like, eh, like maybe somebody would want Kevin Love. Eh, maybe somebody in, and you probably don't want some of these guys with the contracts they're on, like J.R. Smith, Jordan Clarkson, Alec Burks. Like maybe some playoff teams would want those guys, but they all make way too much money to trade for them. Yeah, I mean, well, I think we'll be looking at guys like Dwayne Dedman, like he'll get moved or something. <laughs> That'll probably be the big name. <laughs> yeah, I really just feel like this trade deadline is just being set up to be kind of a bummer. Even Kent Bazemore. Kent Bazemore just makes way too much money. I do think that the Mavs could do something, but that would be the only team that I think would have the to position themselves to, for playoffs or to trade away players to tank? To position for playoffs. Okay. Everyone seems to be suggesting that they want to go for it. And they're only, well, actually, now they're three and a half games back of the eighth seed. Yeah, they've lost a few. The Western Conference is kind of finally starting to spread out a little bit. Yeah, it's it has started to shake out some. Uh, the Jazz continue to lose games. They're, they're only six and four in their last ten. But again, their schedule at the end of the season is so ridiculous. I still think that they'll end up getting in. Rubio's out for two weeks. Exum's out. Oh, he's out for two weeks. That's I a think big, that's what I read. That's a yeah. big deal. I didn't realize that. Yeah, who do you think, if the Jazz get in, who do you, who do you pick to fall out? Hmm. Uh, wow, the Clippers are still pretty far ahead. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're 7-3 in their last 10. That's a team that every, that's like the token team for everybody yeah. to pick to fall out. But they continue to win games. I mean, that's... Man, that's tough. And maybe Port- maybe Portland's about it. to play a bunch of bad teams. Are they? Portland's about to go on a run. That's a team Just I keep be picking. warned. That's a team I keep picking to miss. But I'm a big idiot sometimes. 
Uh, okay, Alex, we need to know about your experience in Portland. Just give us anything and everything you can about this Patrick Patterson experience. Okay, all right. Well, Andrew, it was not a good day. I was sick. <laughs> I was sick. I actually wasn't taking Dayquil. I was taking Alka-Seltzer original formula because <laughs> I like the fizzies better wow. than taking capsules. Uh, <laughs> but I thought Dayquil was funnier. Um, not only that, Andrew, I had made a New Year's resolution this year. My, my wife and I are doing this thing called bullet journaling mm-hmm. where you draw in journals, you know. Okay. And uh, I made one of my New Year's resolutions to get off Twitter. Okay. Wow. So I, I wanted to get off by the end of the year. Didn't want to be on Twitter anymore. And that morning, I had the screen up on my screen to deactivate my account. Wow. It was, it was right there. My mouse was hovering over it. I was thinking, do I really need to be on Twitter this much? It's rotting my brain. It's <laughs> turning me into a zombie. <laughs> Could I get rid of it? But I didn't. I set it aside. I left it. I left the tab open on my screen, but I didn't go back to it. And then all of a sudden, I started getting messages from down to dunkers saying, Alex, check out this tweet. Alex, check out this tweet. Because the thing is, Andrew, I do not follow Patrick Patterson. (laughs) (laughs) You don't? I don't. I don't follow any. I think I follow Joel Embiid, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the first thing I did was follow Patrick Patterson. (laughs) Because I was like... What if he ends up wanting to give me these tickets and he like can't DM me or something Mm -hmm. and then he has to ask (laughs) me to follow him? That'd be embarrassing. (laughs) So I immediately followed him and then I sent my reply and I I wasn't expecting much. But then all the down to dunkers, they just started liking it. They started asking Patrick, Patrick, please give it to Alex. Please give it to Alex. We want (laughs) Alex to get it. And, uh, and he didn't, I didn't hear from him all day. So I like went through the rest of my work day, figured, okay, well, whatever. Um, he must've picked like the first person that replied. And so around five thirty that night, so the game started at seven, I was sitting on my couch and got the DM from Patrick Patterson. He's like, Hey, sorry, it's late, but if you still want these they are yours. Wow. And of course I responded like a dork. I had like three exclamation points. <laughs> I was like, awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> so lame. I, 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 What's fact, a cool actually, way to respond to that? I don't know. And whatever it is, I didn't do it. In fact, I forgot to say thank you in my first message. And then I had to send another message. And I said, thanks so much, which I don't like. I wish I had said thank you so much. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so I immediately call my wife. She rushes home. We get over there. We get the tickets. They're great seats. They were in a row that was like four Thunder people. Yes. Um, which I guess like it was probably, you know, like players or uh, apparently the trainers can give out tickets. That's a thing home and away. There's like there's a Thunder section in the home arena. At, except at that speak. no one was in the row. No oh, one really? sat there the entire game except me and my wife and then these two Instagram models <laughs> who hilarious. we who my wife started talking to. Uh, and then I noticed we were sitting in front of this guy wearing a really cool Thunder uh, jacket, yeah. starter jacket that he'd gotten from. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, saw the, I saw the picture. Yeah. And then as I'm looking at him more, I was like, I we met. I met him at the airport two years ago. <laughs> My wife and I were going to Iceland and so were them. And so my wife freaked out and she went and sat by them. 
And so then we hung out with them like the whole second half of the game. My wife didn't look at the court the entire second half of the game because <laughs> she was turned around just talking to people. She befriended one of the dads of the Blazers male cheerleaders. And he was like sharing pictures <laughs> with her on his phone of his son. And his son was waving to us. It was really weird. Oh, wow. And then at some point I decided I wanted to go see Royce and, and Brett Dawson. Yeah. Because I hadn't met them before and I could see them. They were like near my level. And so I went over and I had this moment where I was like, how do I, how am I supposed to introduce myself? Like, <laughs> do I say, hi, I'm Deborah Buckets? Do I say, hi, I'm Al Baby Cakes? Like, that'd be really weird. <laughs> yeah. So I ended I ended up just saying, hey, I'm Alex from Down to Dunk. Oh, yes. Okay. That's what I was yeah. hoping. And, and so, and Roy seemed to respond to that. He seemed to be aware of down to dunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so I talked to him a little bit cause he actually was at the, f- the next night's game, which I also went to the game against the Rockets. Yes. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, first of all, it was an awesome game. I mean, it was, it was the best game of OKC season. I will tell you in person, those Nerland steals were incredible. Yeah. Like it was so surprising in the moment. Um, because it happens so far away from the basket. How did the crowd and react to those? Were they just furious? They were just, it was just, they were getting very antsy. It's like, what is going on right now? Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I think a few people tweeted about this, but there were so many OKC fans there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I don't really know where all these people come from and they were all in OKC gear too. Wow. To the point, and this is how broken my brain is. I was walking in the concourse and I saw somewhere, someone wearing a 13 jersey. Mm-hmm. And my, the first thought in my head was, oh, that's crazy. He's wearing a Harden jersey. <laughs> like, oh, no. didn't even register that he was wearing a Paul, Paul George, George jersey. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there were so many fans there that after the game, we went to a bar and there were legitimately 14 people from Oklahoma in this bar that's in the middle crazy. of Portland. And in fact, as I sent you, I met a guy that you were went you went to OSU with, and you were mm-hmm. in a frat together. Yep. Uh, we I, we took a selfie and sent it to you. How did you meet? How did that happen? <laughs> My wife. She was talking to this random guy. And I was like, <laughs> she was like, "Hey, come meet come meet this guy. He says he knows you." So, yeah, but it, awesome. I mean, it was a super fun night. And then I got home and I I went back on the DMs and I sent Patrick Patterson another message. <laughs> telling him what a great time i had i said thank you so much patrick <laughs> did he message you back uh yeah he did he said no problem at all that's awesome he didn't he didn't i wish he had said like no problem at all bro or you know maybe send me another message or like i'll hit you up next time on Portland and give you tickets but it, it was just, it was very nice of him i don't know why he was the only player that randomly gave away tickets but i don't know he as much crap as we give Patrick Patterson, he's an awesome dude. And he seems to be very involved on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, with, with the people. Yes. But I, I will tell you that I did go back through my tweet history to see if I had said anything negative about Patrick Patterson. Oh, wow. And I had not. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. Oh, nice I had said something negative about you saying something negative. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know that I have quite the same history. <laughs> yeah but luckily i have i have a pretty good history of being like a patterson stand so that's good there were some quality tweets in there if he searched through them which i doubt he did uh it's awesome uh okay i've got to go so okay 
<laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our show at Down to Dunk on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you could leave us a five star iTunes review, I guess it's called Apple Podcast now. Uh, five star Apple Podcast review. Uh, that would be great. Uh, it means a lot to us. I see. <clears throat> I see every single one. Oh, my voice. <clears throat> Get choked up. I'm getting choked up about it. I see every single one. Uh, and it means a lot to us. And it helps us uh, with future sponsors. And speaking of future sponsors, if you have any interest in uh, advertising on Down to Dunk, we have a couple spots open. Uh, and we would love to have you. Our fans are very supportive of our sponsors. Uh, and if you're looking to boost your business, in 2019 just you can message me on twitter my dms are open at andrew k select you can also email us uh dtdpodcast at gmail.com also if you're if you're a um if you're someone that's not on twitter and you want to ask a question you can also email us dtdpodcast at gmail.com is also okay uh thanks for listening we'll talk to you guys again on friday